Hey everyone, just wanted to hop on here real quick and let you all know of a great event that I'm going to be a part of, as well as many previous guests on this show. So on Sunday, May 29th, I will be participating in the WAP Stripathon. And if you're thinking wet ass pussy, yes and no, um, it's going to be a charity stripathon happening at the legendary Penthouse Strip Club and will be benefiting the Wish Drop In Center, which is a nonprofit organization based in Vancouver that benefits street-based sex trade workers. Tickets are $20 or $30 at the door and all proceeds, including stage tips, cover charges, all that. Everything is going to charity. We hope this event will sell out, so we hope to see you there. So for more information, follow us on Instagram at stripathon2022. Welcome back to another episode of Sia Slur. Sorry, oh my god, my YouTube channel. I'll try that again. <laughs> hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Stripped by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am your host, Steph Sia, otherwise known as Miss Kimchi on stage. You can find me on a stage near you if you live in Vancouver, Canada. You can probably find me there. Otherwise, you will not be seeing me anywhere else except for my OnlyFans, which you can access online. Um, and I'm also uh, a former sugar baby as well. So I've dabbled in quite a bit of sex work. I've, I've tried camming. I've tried a bunch of things. These are the things that I like to do and have done. And I have created this show because I really want to do my best in terms of trying to destigmatize the sex or adult industry. Because oftentimes we're just very misunderstood. Our work is misunderstood. And a lot of people speak for us. So why not actually get the people in the industry to speak for themselves? So that's just a little about me. That's a little bit about the show. Um, shout out to some of the Patreon subscribers. I want to shout out some of our top tier members here. So Karen Zen, we have Jay Sunsern, Arup Sarkar, and Justin Erickson. Thank you so much for do just donating your, your time and your money in terms of um, – making the show better and you know a little bit goes a long way for the price of a coffee you can go ahead and support the show you support me I do this all for free it's accessible to everyone but if you want a little bit more and you're a fan of the show consider becoming a patreon it's patreon.com slash strip by Sia you can check out the different tiers and stuff that we offer there and it's a really big help for the show because I've been doing this for a few years and I do it all for you guys. So yeah, your help would be much, much appreciated. So we've got all that stuff out of the way. <laughs> all that lovely jargon and my little spiel. But of course, as you know, I bring on a different a different guest on every single week, every Sunday we are here. And today is no different. I am joined by the president of Why Not, Jay Kopita. Jay, are you there? I am. Thank you for having me. Yay! And I'm so thrilled because we've tried to do this recording thing before and we just had a bunch of technical difficulties. But then you know what? We met in person. 
We met at the Why Not reunion, which happened just recently in Tempe, Arizona, which was a lot of fun. We'll get more into that later. Um, but I'm super stoked to just get started to chat with Jay in terms of like, what is Why Not? Why might you as a sex worker want to attend some of these fabulous events? And just to hear more about the company, because it's very rare that we get you know, these big organizations and the people that are heading these organizations to actually come and chat with us. So super, super thankful for your time today, Jay. Um, Say hello to the audience. Absolutely. And thank you very much again for having me, Steph. Uh, Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that even though, yes, I am head of a large organization that's been a part of the adult industry for 27 years now, 26 years, going on 27. So yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, you make it past five years in this business, you know, you're doing great. So we've been around a very long time. And one thing that has never changed about me is I, you know, I get in the trenches. I hang out with anybody and everybody. I don't need to defer to an assistant or anything. Uh, I enjoy doing uh, events. I enjoy doing podcasts. And I always try to make myself as accessible to everyone. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the people who might be considered, you know, uh, lower on the totem pole, so to speak, in the industry could be tomorrow's leaders, you know, and uh, I've seen it happen numerous times over the years. So that's pretty much my philosophy is just treat everybody the way you'd want to be treated and just make yourself available. I mean, you know, it's the adult industry. We're here to have fun. Yeah. (laughs) And fun we did have at the Why Not Reunion. And just to to like um, add on to what you were saying, Jay, you really are one of those people that just like hangs out with everyone because as a person that is my very first adult industry event, I came down there by myself. I think I was one of the only Canadians that was down there too. And to throw myself out there and you're just like, hey – I think I know you. And then we're like, oh my God, hi. Like, it's so, so great. Like, you made me feel so welcomed when like, I was just like thrown into the fire and like not in my comfort zone. And it was just, it was, it was a great experience. So thank you. Well, you know, that takes, that takes some courage as well, because, you know, a lot of times people have certain social anxieties and it wasn't like it was a short trip for you. This was a big deal. Uh, you did pick the right event though, to make your first because it was small enough and it was a lot more personable and it wasn't as crazy as like going to an event in Vegas or Miami or something for your first one, you know? Right, right. Um, it was yeah, so we, great. <laughs> we actually we actually had quite a few Canadians there, believe it or not. There were, were there people from uh, Toronto, from uh, Montreal, uh, even, uh, well, actually, no, he lives in Vegas now. But uh, yeah, I think we had like four provinces covered from Canada. Yeah, we got to like represent. It was really, really fun. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely chat more about those specific details in terms of like what is a why not reunion? What is what are the, what are Steph and Jay talking about? We'll definitely go more into detail later. But before we dive into it all, I would love for you to I don't know maybe tell the audience a little bit about you, your background, how the heck you landed in this industry. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Well, I, uh, I'll try to get through this as quick as possible. It's a long story and I don't want to put anybody to sleep. <laughs> I don't usually do that anyway, but no. So basically, uh, I went to school, I majored in theater, minored in speech communication. Uh, this was a long, long time ago before many of you were probably even born <laughs> seriously. And, uh, I, I was pursuing an acting career in LA. So like all through the nineties, uh, I did TV shows, I did theater, I did commercials, I worked quite a bit. I mean, you'll find me on IMDb, so it's no bullshit. By the way, can I swear on the show? Absolutely. Yes, okay. please swear. <laughs> Good. Good. Oh, I'm not going to say fuck every other word, but, you know, it's going to pop out from time to time. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I pursued an acting career. I worked enough to call myself an actor, but it wasn't going completely in the direction that I wanted. And the last thing I wanted to do was hustling and barely making rent uh, when I was much older to be, you know, to know better. So uh, by the late 90s, I ended up leaving uh, my acting career or what was the pieces left of it and decided to get a job working in the Hollywood entertainment industry as a PR guy, writing press releases, uh, pitching major publications for my clients, organizing press tours for newspaper outlets, uh, at, on TV shows, on studio sets. I mean, it was fun work, and there was definitely a future in it. But I was more or less doing that just so I could get a feel of what it's like to actually work in a regular environment ah. uh, before it's too late, you know? <laughs> uh, the, the money wasn't great, the egos, the hours, everything. Everything bad you've heard about working in the Hollywood entertainment industry as an underling, uh, it's true. So, <laughs> yeah. After doing that for a few, yeah, after doing that for a few years, I answered an ad. It was a very cryptic ad looking for a PR person for a, a startup company. And, you know, I went in and found out it was for a porn company, which, I mean, I come from a liberal background. It was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. If this pays more, I'm going to find the subject material infinitely more interesting. And uh, the job, actually, the company that hired me was the parent company of Why Not at the time that ended up splitting. And becoming stream eight years later. Oh, so, yeah. I that. There's a whole story in history with that, uh, which that would probably be better told over lots of drinks in a personal setting and not on a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was literally hired by Why Not in uh, 2000. And at the time, it was strictly, um, it was a news and resource company specifically for webmasters and people that built affiliate programs and were pushing traffic and getting signups to their, their pay sites. Oh, so th those were its roots before. Yes. The roots were webmasters, affiliate program operators, and strictly business to business people. Traffic, you know, a lot of the things, because this industry has undergone such a revolutionary change every few years, there's always something that appends so many different business models. I mean, Back then, there were no tube sites. There was no real free porn. I mean, you could get a couple of clips for a few seconds here and there, and that was it. I mean, the people who ran these programs were the ones who were raking in millions of dollars per year. Um, I was not one of those people. I worked for a company that catered to those people. So I will say I did get a lot of the spoils in the earlier days of the industry when people were literally throwing around tens of thousand dollars here and there for parties and just fun. It was just, it was a completely different world. Now. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much where it started for me. That's where it started. And you stayed 22 yeah. years later, maybe? 22 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, thing is, I mean, in most sane people, if they were in my position and dealt with all the adversity that I'd faced over the years, they would have just walked away and just said, you know what, fuck this. I'm not dealing with this because, you know, there were previous owners of the company that weren't really rolling with the times and that created a set of problems in and of itself. Uh, business models were changing. In 2007, 2008, tube sites came and basically destroyed the pay site and the affiliate model, which was a huge portion of Why Not's income at the time. Uh, mobile networks started coming in, European companies that were a lot more, I guess, sophisticated in one way or another were starting to get into the industry, and things just changed a lot. Um, I would end up becoming one of the owners of Why Not by 2015 uh, with Connor Young, who was the other owner of Why Not. 
he also started this industry actually before I did, but he's been at Why Not for the last 20 years as well. And we essentially started driving the company from the back seat, so to speak, uh, because we felt that the brand was strong. There were a lot of opportunities. We both had our own visions of where we could take things because we were paying attention to which direction the industry was going in. And, uh, you know, it gets to that point where you're putting in so much blood, so much sweat and tears, dealing with getting the previous owners out of the company, dealing with this and that. I mean, it was it was a clusterfuck of epic proportions going through all the things that we had to. But at one point, you know, if we would have just said, you know what, let's just forget it, then it would have all been for nothing. So uh, we stuck through it. We stuck through all the hard times and came out of it much better off. Can you share with us what those hard times entailed? Because I know like there was a lot of movement. There's a lot of shifting within the industry, but also it sounds like you were receiving pushback from the original owners as well. I mean, it sounds like they weren't wanting to change or adapt or am I getting that right? Yeah, they weren't really adapting with the times of the industry. I mean, you know, there's like an old school way of thinking and a lot of the people that really never decided to change out of that either sold out and left the industry for good or they just incurred hardship and either phased themselves out or had to do something completely different. Uh, in this case, uh, without going into great detail about it, uh, the two owners of the company really weren't pushing things forward. Connor and I did, decided we need to get them bought out and we need to start with the two of us. And fortunately, we got one of them bought out during a time when it was a recession and we were losing advertisers. So literally almost all of our money was going to pay this guy off. Wow. It was ridiculous. We had to pretty much let everybody from the company go. I mean, we had like, I don't know, 10 people down to like four or something or three. It was ridiculous. Yes, it was it was very lean times, let's just say. And then <laughs> the other owner of the company, uh, we actually had a friend who found us an investor who bought him out and then injected cash into our business uh, for years. Wow. And, Luckily. Yeah, that's how we were able to develop Why Not Mail, Why Not Cam, Why Not Awards, uh, and then eventually Why Not Community and Why Not Cam Awards and, you know, a few other things. So, and yeah, we uh, have been running now for the last seven years or so uh, as the owners. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I mean, congratulations. This really sounds like you've propelled Why Not? I mean, it's already existing and already like a great company as is, but like really propelled Why Not into the future and also just to adapt with the times too. Um, You also mentioned during this time, this is when, you know, mobile was coming out and also like tube sites were coming out. Tell us about that and the the impact of that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, the company that is now uh, MindGeek. Before that, they were known as Manwin or Mansef or something like that. They've undergone some name changes. But like in 2007, 2008, uh, the content that they were putting on their sites and they had like, you know, Pornhub and like a bunch of others all of a sudden just came out one after another after another. You know, it's just like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on here? There's all this free porn. It's not just pictures and clips and whatever. This is all like pirated stuff that was taken. And now anybody could just go to these sites and watch a 10-minute porn vid for free. And, you know, if, if the owner, the rightful owner of the content wanted it down, they could get it taken down, but they had to go through a process and everything. I mean, the whole thing just stunk to high hell. It changed everything. Uh, it, you know, a good friend of mine who was running an affiliate program that was making thousands of dollars every single day on new signups 
you know, that cut in half, like practically overnight, you know, all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, why should I have to spend it? Created a whole generation of people that would just expect their porn to be free. Why should I have to pay for it? Uh, it really, really fucked things up. And I'll never forget, I saw a bunch of these guys at a trade show, and this would have been like 2008 or something like that. And I mean, people were really, really aggressive, not in person, because just that's the way people are. You know, they would say a lot of nasty things on public forums about these guys and, you know, fuck you and I'm going to hurt you and this and that, and whatever. But, you know, when push comes to shove and they show up in person, nobody does anything. But I just remember <laughs> showing up at a trade show and just seeing like four or five of them standing right there. And I'm just like, yeah, screw this. I don't even want to be anywhere near you guys. It was just, it was bad. It was rough times. And, uh, you know, people that haven't been in the industry, you know, since after 2010, 2011, they didn't experience this kind of uh, just loss. No, it's definitely a loss. And like uh, I have definitely spoken about this before in previous episodes, coming from like the model perspective, like how that impa- impacts their business too. And like not like no one wanting to, or no one willing to pay for porn nowadays and how that is still, still raging, a raging problem really. But also like even that really severely impacted your business and business models. And like with why not, um, can you tell us about how challenging that might've been? Like what kind of challenges you were, were encountering at that time too? like trying to persuade people? No, you still need to pay for porn. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, our, our thing was, is that uh, we needed to kind of change our business model and start adding new services onto our roster because we're a very advertising advertisement driven company. I mean, you know, the, the articles and the news that we put out uh, the, events. We were doing some events back then. Uh, We'd actually taken over a business-to-business trade show. Uh, A lot of the money that was coming into these events were from companies that were hit the hardest uh, from from tube sites taking over. So, you know, it changed how we did business and it definitely made us have to think, well, we're going to have to look for other revenue streams. Uh, At that time, we saw that live camming was starting to become much more into prominence. You couldn't pirate that kind of content. Dating sites started becoming really huge around that time as well. You know, as again, you couldn't really pirate that content except for the fact that there were just so many freaking fake profiles out there and just creating a shitty experience for the consumer. Um, you know, just a lot of the power shifted. It used to be the power was completely in the hands of the business owner, the, the affiliate program operator, the webmaster, uh, you know. And then things started shifting over to the consumer because uh, consumers started becoming more savvy on how they could avoid paying for anything. And then it started shifting over to the content creator and the model because now all of a sudden uh, models are becoming much more interactive with their fans, whereas there wasn't social media back in the day. You know, you your your porn experience, there were still cam networks, yes, but, you know, it was like porn camming, you know, and now it's really shifted like that. Yeah. Uh, So you had the thing that really saved the day for a lot of people in general, because the money's still coming into the industry somehow. Um, Just now that the, uh, the personalized experience is much more what the consumer is going for. Right. And that that's across a lot of industries too. Like even with travel, um, for example, cause I used to work in like luxury hotels before and people really wanted that personalized experience. They don't, they want things to, to be like curated to them and they want to have that like interaction and like 
they really want to make it feel like it's it's theirs, right? So going back to um, going back to our conversation, um, is this when you started branching out in terms of offering additional services? Like why male? Um, sorry, why not male? And why not cam? Yes, exactly. Let's see. So we took over a trade show, a business to business trade show in like 2003. And we ran with it up until about 2011. The problem with that was, is that some of our competitors uh, saw us doing this and decided they were going to start doing trade shows. And before you knew it, there were too many events and not enough people to go to them. And certainly during a recession time, when people are really watching their money, fewer people are going to go to events like that as well. So we took a break from doing trade shows in like 2011 and really put a lot of our focus into, uh, into Why Not Mail at that time. Uh, we saw that there was a lot of people doing email marketing and they were either doing it wrong or they were using platforms that didn't allow adult content. And that's why we decided why not mail would be really something that, you know, models, pay site operators, dating programs, cam networks, uh, you know, the kink and BDSM world loves using us. Uh, we're, we're very big in a lot of markets. I know that a lot of gay companies are using Why Not Mail and doing really well with us. Uh, so we developed that in like 2009, 2010, and uh, just started branching out more with that and then started adding more events as well. Wow. Okay. So like, is this because like you were just noticing, okay, this is something, you noticed that there was like a, something missing within that market. So that's why you're like, okay, this is, this is our answer to that. What about like um, the camming part, like the camming business? Yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, we're definitely of the belief that, you know, we see the need for something and we'll create something around it. Uh, I just, I've never been a real fan of creating something and trying to create interest in it. If it might not yeah. necessarily be there, mm-hmm. it's changing people's habits and trying to create a desire for something. Uh, is not usually the way to go when it comes to business models, I've found. Uh, so we created the Why Not Awards, which was our first business-to-business awards show. We developed that in 2011 uh, and developed that uh, to go with the European Summit in Prague. We had some friends that started launching trade shows in Europe uh, a few years earlier, and they were really, really picking up steam because there were a lot more European people getting involved in the industry and this turned out to be a really good moneymaker for us. Uh, then, you know, obviously when we started getting more involved with camming and the cam networks were starting to pay more attention to us, we launched whynotcam.com, which is our news and resource and information site specifically for cam networks, creators, and all the platforms that they're on. Uh, and out of that, we developed the Why Not Cam Unity Trade Show, which is a business-to-business show specifically uh, for models, which I believe we were the first of its kind here in North America. Uh, yeah. And then after that, well, actually first we did the why not cam awards. That was our award show specifically for the unsung heroes of camming and content creation that were more or less put in the back for the other, you know, award shows that really featured more on like the mainstream porn stars and, Camming and creators were basically just kind of an afterthought or as an aside or something. So we wanted to create a night specifically, a red carpet, white glove affair that, you know, you all weren't getting. I love that. 
I love that because then oftentimes, as you mentioned, like sometimes sex work, like there, and there's so many aspects to sex work too. And sometimes camming just doesn't get the recognition it deserves. And I mean, to me, I, I, I just see like all aspects of sex work just on the same page. But of course, as I've just discussed in previous episodes, there's a hierarchy that, yeah, you, which I'm sure you are well aware of too. Yeah. So it's really good that you were able to give these content creators and these models, you know, like a pat on the back and like a whole night of recognition. I think that's awesome. Yeah. We get entertainers, we give them dinner, we have a red carpet that, you know, we try to make sure nobody is waiting for too long a time before they can get on it. We don't, you know, try not to turn anyone away. Uh, then we have like an after party, open bar. I mean, it's it's like a night. I mean, putting something like this together, it's definitely a thing. It's stressful. Yeah. Uh, we, do a, we do a live stream of it all worldwide as well. So uh, this is even before the pandemic because there's a lot of fans and family members and friends out there that can't make it to Hollywood. So now you can watch it for free and I get the feed sponsored as well. So uh, everything is definitely covered, but there's like literally a hundred moving parts and putting together an award show of that magnitude. Oh, absolutely. And that's coming up. I think was that October? Yeah, exactly. We haven't announced the dates just yet, but like we're literally going to, you know what, by now, once this comes out, the dates will definitely be out. So I'm just going to say it. Yeah. The why not cam awards Hollywood is going to be October 13th. And the Why Not Community Trade Show will be at the W Hollywood, October 10th through 12th. Nice. There you go. So stay tuned for that. Those links and all that will be in the show notes below. But I'd love to just um, kind of pick your brain a little bit more too, because we mentioned trade shows. And can you can you explain to the audience what a trade show is? Because there's there's lots of people within our community. There's also a lot of people that are not in our community as well, and they probably are might be wondering why do sex workers need a trade show? What is a trade show for, and what's the purpose? Do you mind? <laughs> no, I don't mind at all. There's, I mean, there's several different levels of trade show. I mean, you have what we did in uh, Tempe a couple of weeks ago called the Why Not Reunion, which was catered for 200 people. Uh, we did mostly networking and activities that were fun and conducive for uh, meeting people and having a good time and not feeling like you need to be on. And it was only business to business. So there were no fans looming around or anything like that. I mean, you can roll out of bed in your sweats, do whatever, and just enjoy the day. So that was, you know, like a two and a half day thing. But I mean, you know, like the trade shows, the bigger trade shows, like the Exotic Expo, for example, I mean, that brings in thousands and thousands of consumers, it's booths, it's what someone would envision what would be needed for something, you know, to be like a trade show. Uh, there's so many reasons why people would want to go to trade shows and events like this. I mean, it's certainly including but not limited to, you know, having a good time and networking with your peers, whether you're looking for business opportunities or not. There's always opportunities for sex workers to collaborate with each other. I mean, you know, you're coming in from Vancouver. Maybe someone's coming in from Miami. You've been talking for a year. Now you get to meet in person and now you might shoot some content together and make some good money off of it. Uh, you've got a friend for life. You've got a business associate that you can work with time and time again. Multiply that times whatever number uh, for the people that you meet at this particular event and maybe others. Uh, obviously, the fan-based expos, you want to be out there reaching out. I mean, as far as sex workers are concerned, you want to, you know, your fans to meet you. You want to make more fans. Maybe you want to make some more money, whether you're selling photos of yourself or or whatever. Uh, I won't 
mention specifics, but you know, you can do pretty well at events like these. Uh, for the business side of things, you know, I'm looking to meet company owners. I'm looking to meet models. I'm looking to sell uh, sponsorships for my upcoming shows. So, I mean, I'm constantly hustling. I mean, I'm hustling online as it is, but when I go to these events, I want to come home with no fewer than like 50 leads. I, uh, I'm talking to everybody. I'm nurturing my current relationships. And uh, I mean, just for example, I was at a trade show in Spain two months ago, the European Summit, and I sold three sponsorships for the Why Not Reunion at that event. Amazing. Yes. Yes. I won't go into an exact dollar amount, but it was probably close to five figures. In fact, it might have been five figures of sales that I made at that event. And then you figure the amount of money it cost me to fly over there, stay there, food per diem, the trip way more than paid for itself. Yeah, I was just going to say paid for itself for sure. Just made made the trip worth it. So, yeah, I, I mean, and I like to do in a non-COVID year before things started falling to shit, um, I was doing probably about 10 of these a year. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. It is. Lot. I've probably done, probably done about 200 gatherings slash trade shows slash events over my years in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Close mm-hmm. to 200. Yeah. I mean, like going back to the Why Not Reunion, like my experience there was just awesome. Like it was like, first of all, just reading about the event before I even purchased a ticket because our mutual friend Carly told me about it. Shout out to Carly. (laughs) Um, But she's like, oh, this is an event you might want to check out. You know, it's like a bit smaller. It's a good like opportunity for you to meet other people and connect, um, which is like one of the reasons why. Because I really wanted to just like branch out my audience and just meet more people in person. Um, But it was awesome. Like you had um, this big uh, happy hour event that just kind of kicked everything off. The next morning we had a nice orientation with a small group and then went right into speed networking, which is my personal favorite because that's the whole reason it came down, right? So that and then we had go-karting. There were some dinners. Like it was – it was a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> let me ask let me ask you a question. Because when we originally launched this, it was basically taking place over an event that was a mainstay in the Tempe area for 20 years, which was called the Phoenix Forum. And it was a very big business-to-business show for many years. I actually went to like 18 or 19 out of those 20 years. Um, so the reunion aspect of it, and if you saw guys there that looked like they were in their 40s and 50s and stuff, and there were plenty of us... Uh, <laughs> We were who we originally wanted to target the reunion for because we'd been going to Phoenix every year and now it's been gone for three years and we wanted to kind of recreate that kind of feeling. But at the same time, we didn't want to give everyone the expectations that this was going to be that same huge, massive event. Uh, So we called it something different, obviously. But in doing so, you know, obviously, because why not caters to a lot of the model and creator community? Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell people, well, no, this isn't for you. Don't come or anything like that, because there were plenty of models and, and sex workers that would attend the Phoenix Forum as well. Some had been going for as much as 10, 15 years as well. Uh, so, you know, that the tricky part was, is that, you know, I wanted to make sure that everybody went at least had a good time and at least had, um, I guess, a reason to be there, so to speak, where they could get something out of it. Uh, we really kind of just threw a lot at the wall to see what would stick this year. And, you know, fortunately, everything went about as well as we could for a very short amount of time of preparation. Right. Yeah. I mean, not to mention, like, the venue changed last minute, too. So, like, <laughs> oh, <my laughs> like <God>. oh, yes. 
Yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because when putting together these types of events, people don't really know exactly what goes into it uh, physically, mentally, financially. I mean, we were having a lot of problems with the host hotel uh, that we had originally planned. Uh, Apparently things didn't go too well with them and the original show owners, and we were being compared to them, I guess, so to speak. Oh, is that what happened? I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. But I mean, I already had booked at the hotel that we stayed at anyway. So I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's a roll down yeah. But yeah, I mean, exactly. like for me, it was a really great experience because like I came in with a specific goal in mind and I'm still in talks with some people about making those goals happen. But it was really beneficial to me and just really interesting to be on this side because I felt like there was I felt like the crowd was like a lot of businesses half and then like the other half were like models and creators and I think for me like because I just didn't know anyone coming in I was like oh my god I just like I'm gonna have to just like infiltrate (laughs) amongst these people but it was good like everyone was super easy to talk to and I think that yeah the networking event really really helped because I was able to like okay that's you I know this name goes to this company this is all making sense to me like and there were lots of opportunities to collaborate too like especially at the happy hour event I met so many people at that event awesome so many people so is this like similar? I mean, I know it's different because it's B2B and it's invite only, but like with the other events, say like with, with I know Summit's a virtual thing that's happening, but like with other events that are upcoming, is it a similar type of feel or is it like a much larger, uh, more general, traditional type of trade show feel? Yeah, I would say at this point, we don't have anything that I guess would qualify as a large trade show feel uh, just because everything that we're doing is business to business only. I mean, when you start bringing consumers into the mix, it really, it opens up a lot more. It's just, you're going to get a lot more people attending. I mean, you look at Exotica, you look at AVN. I mean, there's, even though there hasn't been an AVN for a few years, it just, it changes the whole dynamic. With business to business events, they typically uh, number in the hundreds, I'm thinking with Why Not Community this fall, uh, pending the trends and COVID and all that stuff goes okay, you know, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to see 500 people there for that, uh, which, you know, would be would be fantastic. Uh, you know, and we're always trying to push for, like, a good balance. I mean, if there's going to be 500 people at that, you know, I would hope that at least 250 or 300 would be uh, creators, sex workers, models, or even aspiring ones who aren't really in the industry yet. Yeah, that's a good idea too. So anyone listening, because I know there's a lot of people that listen to the show before hopping into any kind of sex work, which is awesome, by the way. Uh, maybe this is uh, maybe these events are something that you might want to attend, and you could actually talk to models and creators too, pick their brain, just to get a feel for it too before you hop right in. So one thing that has always been paramount to our. Uh, to our philosophy is that, you know, we always want to create a very healthy and nurturing industry. The more uh, people that go to our events, the more people that participate and stay engaged and the more that everyone looks out for each other. I mean, you know, we are all in this together, but we're not all in this together. But I mean, honestly, you know, to a degree we are. And the more that, you know, we bond together and really the only kind of threats that we deal with are external threats and not threats within the business, you know, the stronger and the better place this industry is to work in and and become. And we've always really stressed 
diversity, uh, looking out for each other, and just trying to create like a nurturing and safe workspace. That's that's been our thing forever, and you know I think it really comes out more so in our events uh, when people are around and you can really get a sense that uh, you know everyone's having a good time, or at least uh, you know there's just I guess no hostility or feelings of unease. Mm-hmm. No, totally. I, I hear you with that. Um, you mentioned you really you briefly mentioned earlier AVN, and I know like. You know, AVN and maybe Xbiz, those are like larger events. Like how does Why Not differ from those and and your competitors? Um, I don't know that we're – that Xbiz is larger than us. Uh, I'd say that their events are comparable in size to what we have. Uh, AVN was obviously the gold standard for many years uh, in Vegas. So – with that not being around for the last few years, it'll be interesting to see what they do in 2023. Uh, I'm not sure where the venue is going to be. So, you know, I guess time will really tell with that. Uh, but we're definitely trending up with what we have uh, for now. Um, obviously, we during the pandemic, when we were able to get our shows going again, we had a lot of challenges. And, I mean, just one example one of the major airlines had a big strike. A lot of their uh, uh, flight attendants who weren't vaxxed couldn't work or they were choosing not to work or something. So people were missing flights to come to our event on the first day. I mean, you know, there's always something. Uh, but, you know, I think I think the bottom line is, is that you're going to be seeing a lot more coming from us uh, in the year to come. And things are definitely trending up. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, like, because Why Not has been around for, you mentioned, 26 years, <laughs> where can you envision and see Why Not going? Because, like, as you mentioned in the beginning of the interview here, and I hate the word interview, in the beginning of our conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned, um, like, you were really able to adapt and kind of you know, move along with the changes of the future <laughs> because everything is changing all the time. In, the, in our industry. Um, oh, I know. Can you tell us without revealing anything? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be pretty tough. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could say, you know, we got kind of like a three-pronged approach. We're doing more technological stuff that's going to benefit uh, sex workers and adult industry businesses. So we have something that we're developing that is going to be very useful for people. It's not going to be like Why Not Mail or anything else that we already currently have. So that's all I can really say about that. Uh that should hopefully be ready sometime this year. Oh, this is exciting. So we've got that. We are definitely doing a lot more with the novelty side of the industry. Uh, we've noticed that uh, media organizations in general don't, there's just not as much out there for novelties as there is for everyone else. And, you know, we've seen balls dropped that support the novelty industry here and there over the last year and figured, you know what, this is finally time for us to step in and start catering more to novelty brands. And we're definitely doing that at the Why Not Summit coming up in, well, which just happened in uh, May 10th and 11th. Yes. Yes. But sorry. <laughs> sorry to go back here. Um, Just because some people might not know, when you say novelty and novelty brands, can you, what are, what are you specifically referring to just because some people are not in the industry? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sex toys, dildos, toys for men, toys for women, uh, toys that involve technology. Uh, pleasure products in general, uh, yeah. I guess you could say. So there's just so much out there. And we're, you know, for example, we're giving 
product showcases, which is a good 50 minutes of uh, opportunity for companies like uh, the Cowgirl, uh, which is uh, COTR, Children of the Revolution, I guess is the name of the brand. Uh, Doc Johnson is going to be doing product showcase. Uh, they're one of the most well-known products in the world, uh, or at least in North America, I know for sure. So we've got uh, them doing product, and we're going to be talking about marketing. We're going to be talking about uh, how the consumer has changed over the years for uh, purchasing pleasure products. Uh, so we've got that. And then, you know, we're going to be doing more with sex workers and more uh, opportunities to uh, pr produce content. And we're probably going to be doing some stuff with consumers at some point. Wow. So lots of big plans and lots of things, lots of big things lined up in the pipeline, it sounds like. Yeah. I don't really <laughs> plan on retiring. So it uh, <laughs> doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I mean, we'll be doing this until uh, I'm on stage somewhere and then I drop and people are thinking I'm joking around when I'm really not, you know. So. I mean, well, with being in this industry for so long, is it ever challenging to continually keep having to innovate and to keep up with everything? It, it is. It is. I mean, you know, the older you get, you slow down a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's definitely... It's definitely harder physically, but I mean, you just, you have to, I mean, it's, it just comes along with the territory. If you want to remain relevant in this business, if you want to be able to cater to the next big thing, uh, if you want to have your brand being bounced around among, you know, the top cam stars and content creators and people that are just getting online now, uh, this year and last year, uh, you have to, you have to get in the trenches. And I mean, it's something that I really enjoy anyway, so it's not really so much work. I mean, I can approach and talk to anybody about anything at any time. So, you know, I'm definitely in a career that I belong in. I mean, this was probably is, uh, you know, the backup plan from me not being the big, famous, successful actor that I wanted to be, uh, <laughs> you know, I've applied I've applied a lot of that stuff into this biz. So it's not like it was for naught. And, uh, you know, I still occasionally go out on auditions and I've, you know, actually booked some mainstream acting work over the years as well. Um, you know, so it's still, you know, I mean, I'm not living the dream, so to speak like that, but um, I living definitely enjoy what I do. Yeah. I am. In a lot of ways I am. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I know we spoke a little bit about the Why Not Reunion. We've spoken a little bit about Why Not Re um, Why Not Awards. Um, you mentioned community. I'd love to learn a bit more about that, if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And this is something that you definitely should consider coming. I know that you would have a blast down there, and you would really get a lot out of it. Uh, so Why Not Community is like a two- to three-day event that we're doing in Hollywood. I think this will be our third year of doing it. It is a traditional trade show with the the model, the content creator, the porn star, the performer in mind. Everything is catered specifically uh, to to all of you. And essentially, uh, you know, we've got companies like Chatterbait, uh, Paxum, Branded Scan. These are brands that have already stepped on board to support us for this year. Uh, even though we haven't really even announced the launch date yet, but we're going to very soon. Well, actually, we've already announced it by the time this podcast comes up. Yes. So, yeah, we've announced. Uh, but yeah, you're going to have opportunities for seminars, meet and greets, networking. Uh, we've got parties. We've got, you know, dinners. It's just, it's everything that you basically experienced at Why Not Reunion, but more intense and much more uh, with you in mind. Uh, 
yeah, so that's, it's a very, you, you will get business at this. This is the type of thing where, you know, maybe some people didn't quite get business opportunities at reunion because there are more to just have fun and see old friends and uh, maybe meet new ones. Uh, really a large part of what we do want our community for is so that you come away with it being a better performer, making more money and coming up with new ideas and potentially friendships that are going to last a lifetime. Totally. That's awesome. That's coming up soon. Um, I know that the Why Not Summit just passed as well. Did you want to quickly go into that too? Because I also think yeah. it's worth mentioning. Sure. Well, we developed the Why Not Summit in 2020 when the pandemic hit. When we found out, yeah, when uh, when March 2020 happened, I live in Austin. So, you know, like literally when South by Southwest, which is the America's largest live music, film, TV, interactive and gaming festival, uh, decided to cancel days before it was to start. I mean, I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I think that South by Southwest brings like a half a billion dollars into the economy in March every year. Wow. So for them to do that, yeah, it's like, okay, this shit is serious. You know, if that's happening, then, oh shit, what are we in for? You know, uh, by, by April, when it was obvious that this wasn't going to just be a one month or two month thing, uh, Connor and I decided we need to do a lot. We need to do an online uh, conference, mm-hmm. which is, you know, people were like really trying to digest the fact that, you know, we're fucked for the next however long, you know, who knows when we're going back outside again, people were dying left and right. I mean, when you got COVID in the earliest months, you know, if you had any kind of health issues or you were older than a certain age, it was almost a death sentence, you know? Um, so we're like, we got to just, we got to do something. So we, you know, just took a shot in the dark. We got a platform, we put together uh, a three-day online trade show. And we had nearly 2,000 registrations for it. Yeah, it was wow. it was great. I got, you know, Chatterbait and a few other companies jumped on board and sponsored it. So we didn't take a loss. It was very stressful putting this together. Very stressful. Because <laughs> no one had done it yet, you know, to this capacity. It was like, we did it in July of 2020. So, you know, it tells you, uh, we jumped on it quickly. Um, then we did it again later that year or whatever. We did it in 2021. So I believe this is our fourth one. Um, you know, the numbers are down because people, you know, they want to be in person and they're not as excited about online stuff. But there's still a lot of people out there that don't travel or they don't have the finance or the means to do it or they just don't want to, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with the pandemic, it changed a lot of things too. It forced a lot of works work to go online and virtual too. So I still feel and see that there is value in that. So it's really great that you're able to do that. And also like an accessibility issue too. Like for instance, I can't come to every event, but like, you know, it's nice to be able to attend something where I wouldn't really in, like I wouldn't be able to attend in real life. So yeah. So for that, like, who do you bring on to those? I know there's different speakers and stuff that come on as well different days, different topics and stuff like that. Is there like a specific theme that happens every single year or is it just whatever? (laughs) Essentially, uh, Connor, for the most part, does like all the technical stuff. He, you know, builds the websites, puts all the content information on it. We both discuss what the panel should be. He more or less finalizes it since he's got a better vision of stuff like that. Uh, I'm tasked with making sure that we make money on this event and making sure that all the exhibitors and all the sponsors are, you know, taken care of and represented the way they're supposed to be. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we've got over 30 panels, you know, an average of five people per panel or so. Uh, that's like 150 speakers. So I'm out there pounding the pavement, 
putting this stuff together. It's one great big puzzle. Uh, we really just want to hit on every aspect that's important. You know, we've got a webmaster track, so we're focusing on the business-to-business side of things. We've got a model track, which basically focuses on all aspects of sex work. Uh, and then, of course, we this year added the novelty track, uh, where we're going to focus on manufacturers and retailers. And we just try to make sure that the topics are relevant, that it isn't just one big infomercial, and that, uh, you know, that because we also have networking opportunities at this you know, uh, and it is free to attend. I mean, if people want to attend and put in a donation, we do offer that as well. But at the end of the day, it's still free to attend this event and all you're giving is time, so to speak. And I mean, if you come away with one solid lead and it turns into something, then, you know, you win. Yeah, totally. As as I said, there's still lots of value in attending events like this too. And is that that just the once a year, I think? Yeah, I think we're going to just due to the fact that, you know, it's just – it is so much work and we've got other things that we want to focus on. We're going to keep it once a year. Uh, this year just happens to be in May. Um, I think, you know, we'll just try to keep things consistent like that year after year. Totally. Do, do you enjoy planning in-person events more or virtual? Which one's more stressful? Much more in-person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to sit here and slam my own event, but you know, just, you know, it's easier to organize online stuff. Uh, And I mean, it's obviously a very necessary thing. I don't dislike it, but at the same time, I much prefer organizing things that I know are going to turn into something in person, Yeah, you know, like an award show, like a party, like something where, you know, we're going to all be around because, you know, I'm, I like being around people. So. Yeah, definitely a people person. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well, Jay, there's a few more, there's just a couple questions that came into, and I feel like it's time for us to move over into that section, if that's cool with you. Sounds great. Cool. So first question is, why the name Why Not? And that came from Maddie Meadows on Twitter. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, The guy who invented Why Not? was literally fresh out of high school back in like 1995, 1996. And he wanted a very small, easy domain to deal with. And it wasn't actually Why Not at the time. It was known as Why Not Network and Why Not Masters. Because oh. it was all about webmasters. But when he literally, it's it's that simple. It was just like, well, I don't know what to call it. So why not? You know, that's... <laughs> That's, that's how he came story. up with it. Oh my that's gosh. it. It's, it's unfortunate that it doesn't actually stand for something like an acronym. Yeah, it's going to Yeah, I mean, I've come up with op, uh, you know, with options before. Your nuts, our teeth. You need our talent. I mean, it's just you could do that all day long. So, um, this really, unfortunately, the story isn't that exciting. I thought it okay. I thought there was more to it than that, but that's pretty. That's still pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, the last question that came in is, um, I guess the person's anonymous, but um, what do you think about the adult industry being led by mostly men? Do you think there's space for women leaders? And if not, like, why haven't we heard from them? Well, I can tell you this much. Being in this industry all this time, I'm seeing a lot more female-led executives and companies than used to be back in the day. There's no question about it. The industry used to be uh, a very closed-off boys club. I mean, there's just there's no doubt about that. Uh, in a lot of ways, it still kind of is. Uh, but 
I will say that we've made a lot of progress in the right direction over the last 20 years that I've been around. Um, I'm seeing a lot more female-led businesses, uh, a lot more outspoken women in the industry. And I mean, let's face it, uh, the vast majority of content creators and models uh, are women. There's, there are a lot of men and a lot of, you know, there, there are a lot of men out there as well, but um, we're seeing more power in the hands of female sex workers than ever before, than ever before. I mean, you also look at the amount of money that some of the top creators are making and, you know, the only other people that are making that kind of money are, you know, serious program owners. Yeah, that's a good thing to to note too, because like when you think camming, first thing that comes to mind, you'll think of a cam girl, typically speaking, right? Typically, and there's so many people that I've met um, at the reunion at the reunion that are just killing it in their own niche, in their own game. And I think what you're doing, um, Jay, why not? Like I think you are bringing the community together, and I think that is so great. And we just need more companies to do that <laughs> or just the people that are out there to take note of what we're doing and uh kind of join on board so to speak yeah us. or that too you know, there's right? always room yep. there's always room well but before i let you go where can we find you if you want to be found <laughs> oh i would love to be found i would absolutely love to be found for the right reasons that is uh <laughs> so People can email me, j at whynot.com. That's J-A-Y at Y-N-O-T dot com. They can find me on Twitter at whynotlaj. So it's those seven letters, Y-N-O-T-L-A-J. Uh, they can find us on Instagram at official whynot, official spelled out, and then Y-N-O-T. Um, and then, of course, visit our sites. You can go to whynot.com, whynotcam.com. Our email is whynotmail.com, our platform where you can do email marketing. Uh, I think that's probably enough ways for people to find me. Yeah, lots of ways to find. And if you want to quickly just name out the next couple of events that Why Not is hosting, that'd be great. Just another quick yeah. reminder. Absolutely. So let's see. Uh, you'll be able to find Why Not at the Exotica Miami and at the Anme Show in Burbank, both in mid-July. So I'll be going from Burbank and then to Miami for those. Uh, then we're going to do the Why Not Awards, which is our 12th annual business awards show at the European Summit, TES Prague. That's going to be on August 23rd. Uh, then October 10th, 11th, and 12th in Hollywood at the W Hollywood will be the Why Not Cam Unity Trade Show. Uh, October 13th is going to be the Why Not Cam Awards at the Avalon Hollywood, which is a block away off of Vine and Hollywood Boulevard. Then you're going to see us at Exotica, New Jersey, towards the end of October, and then you'll see us at the Exotica DC event in early December. Um, I'm sure I'm missing at least one or two other things in there. Um, I'll also be at the Bucharest Summit at the end of August, shortly after the European Summit in Prague. So I definitely have some trips coming up ahead of me. Yeah, you do. I was like, holy, oh, just like, kept going. I was like, there's more, there's more, there's more. Yeah, I think there might even be one more out of that too. I'd have to look into it, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm probably going to be staying put for all of June. Yeah, it's good to just <laughs> kind of like just stay stay home for a little bit. I know I'm feeling yeah. the same way too. I know I'm going to have at least one fun trip or two that I'll probably be in Phoenix another time later this year. And I'll probably be in Vegas at some point again later this year too. There we go. Well, 
Don't be shy. Everyone listening, Jay is such a nice guy. <laughs> Honestly, to go say hi. You will not be able to miss him. And if you don't know what he looks like, then you'll have to check the Patreon up or like our um, Patreon to check his cool hairdo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Cannot <Thank> be missed. <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate that because usually I get the exact opposite, you know? People are just like, oh, God, cut your hair. But you know what? It's like the more people give me shit about it, the more I just dig in. So, yeah. You know what? I don't care. <laughs> and you shouldn't care. <laughs> but for everyone else listening at home, it's new episodes every single Sunday. is stripped by Sia on all podcast platforms. Um, please subscribe on patreon.com slash strip by Sia. Um, if you feel inclined to rate us five stars on Spotify, that really helps with discoverability as well as writing a nice little review. If you feel so inclined, um, write a nice review for us on Apple podcasts. It's stripped by Sia on Twitter, stripped by Sia on Instagram. And you could always DM me there, uh, whether you love or hate the episode. Um, give me all the feedback. They've all been good, but give me all the feedback. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's everything for today. Thank you so much, Jay, for joining me on the show today. You're listening to you Stripped by Sia, hosted, really produced, really and edited by Steph Sia. Music by Ted at the next event. Graphic design by Maria Valentarama, and photography by Ian Gabrin.